Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer, and Jay Posner, sports editor for the Union Tribune. I'm in San Francisco, and I'm going to stay right from the start, uh, Jay. I hope you're not looking for answers. I got none. Well, well okay. Well, it was nice talking to you, Kevin. What, what else? How? What? Maybe, how's the family? How's the How's the granddaughter? How would I know? Uh, I got no answers about anything. Uh, wow. I. Jay, where do you want to start? You want to start at the upcoming pitchers because it doesn't look good. You want to start about what I feel like was a losing series, even though the Padres took two out of three. Josh Hader. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Sean Manaya. Where do we start? I don't know. We should start with the going over the weekend and, and what happened. I mean, it looked like, you know, Friday night they got off to a great start. And what was it? Six nothing with Joe Musgrove, the $100 million man on the mound, and he couldn't get through the fourth inning, I believe. Right. That feels it feels like a week ago. I know it was only a couple of days ago. But they but they came back and they they did what they should do. They beat up on a bad pitching staff. And, and the next day, you Darvish put him in a hole. But, you know, it's so you Darvish is one of those guys where he puts you in a hole, but you kind of have this sense that he's not going to let it get out of hand. And well, he like he's going to be OK as long as we hit. Yeah. And they hit just enough, um, and uh, and and got the got ahead and and held on and good good relief pitching and everything. And then yesterday was basically just a disaster. Other than Manny Machado's home run in the first inning, was a disaster from the start. You know, Manaya got hit and he got hit some more, and then he got hit some more after that. And I, it's just so hard to explain. And and you and I texted about this, and it was like this was a guy when they traded for him that everybody everywhere praise this move. You know, this guy is solid. He's got an ERA under four. Bob Melvin certainly familiar with him. So if there was any kind of drop off or any concern about him, Bob Melvin would, you would think, would know about it. Uh, just didn't seem like there was much downside to the move. And, and I'm not saying it was a ter- it turned out terrible, but Manaya certainly has not been what, what we would have would have expected. I mean, his ERA now is almost five. It's really bad on the road. Um, so I I don't have any answers for that. And then they, you know, Bob Melvin had said he wanted to get Josh Hader an inning yesterday. And, you know, 9-6, yeah, you could argue, you could put in some, but I don't know who else they would have put in at that point. He I think says, they were pretty much out of guys, He says right? Josh Hader was going in if it was 9-9. If Juan oh, okay. Soto had hit a home run and tied it, Josh Hader was going in. I, I can see, based on who, what usage, and look, the guy's in the bullpen, you got to use him. You felt like he was good last time, but... I was with the the thinking it seems like you had like okay was this because they were down nine evidently nine nine Josh Hader's in there oh and that and look they, they've worked with him he had a good you no know, the last time out he he yep. I didn't see him but I know he gave up a couple of hits but he struck out three didn't walk anybody so I'm assuming he was throwing the ball well and I don't know what I don't know what happened I don't know what's happening I I don't know how how he's just lost it uh like this so I don't know do you want to which left hander do you want to start with or you want to just talk about him you can discuss them. Both. You were there. You you saw it. What what'd you see? Real briefly, the one I think that's less concerning, partially because of the fact that he has gone seven innings. He's gone seven innings six times. Recently he's done it. He has 15 quality starts. Probably comes out. Well, I don't know. He's got to face the Dodgers. Um, but uh, you know, <laughs> Shamanaya, you you know, he pitches every five days or every five games. You could even skip him if you wanted, you could limit his work, um, whatever. I think that's less concerning. Josh Hader, it's it's terrible. The ripple effect on the rest of the bullpen. Okay, fine. Now let's say that Nick Martinez is going to be a great closer for the rest of the season. Okay, well, who covers Nick Martinez's innings then? And and you know that goes on and on. The rest of the bullpen's doing great. I don't think it's coincidence that 
some of that has to do with that Nick Martinez has picked up part of some, you know, some games, some important right. situations, and that allowed some other guys to get right. It allowed other guys to be in right positions. And and so what you take him out of whatever role he's in, I that is bad. I get to a lot of pitching coach ease, and to be quite honest, there's some of it I don't even understand. I have to watch <laughs> video 47 times to see what Ruben Niebla sees the first or second time. Okay. And when I say 47, I mean 400. Um, I it's you know what what these guys I see so being more rotational this that okay fine um the guy can't find the strike zone and when he does early on yesterday like it got away from him right like who cares that there were six runs it was right. like it got away from him at the end i mean that was and then no one was warming up and you're just going okay is it going to be jerks or is it jerks and profile going to go out to left when will comes in is Cronenworth going to pitch you knew it was going to be a position player that came in they were going to let josh Hader try to work out of it and and he didn't he at first couldn't find the proper spot in the strike zone okay and then right. he couldn't find the strike zone i i, I don't know I, I, I really don't. I, I, I don't know. And I'm assuming that they and I'm assuming that no one knows because they probably thought they had something fixed. They that's exactly the thing. And that's why I came away from yesterday feeling like this was bad. Like like the loss was bad. I don't care if you lost 12 to 11 or four to three to the to the Royals. Right. But the fact that you, you were thinking Josh Hader was tr- not only trending right, but was on the verge of being back to your closer. And then this happened with the loss, with Manaya. I felt like yesterday was one of the worst days of the season. Again, like I'm so tired of hearing about strength of schedule and who's coming up and all that. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. But I just felt like yesterday was a bad day. <laughs> no, I, I think it was. And I think there, I think there's been a lot of bad days, which, again, is as people who are watching the record just scrolled by. They're 70 and 59. It, it seems weird to say there's been a lot of bad days, but there have been. And there have been for a long time is the thing. I mean, a lot of those wins were piled up, you know, early in the season. I think I, I think they're 18 and 17 now since the All-Star break. Certainly not what anybody expected, especially with the schedule. They're 10 and 13 uh, since the trades were made. And I, look, we we get together every three or four days on here. You know, you and I communicate every day. Um, there's not, I, I don't know what the answers are. And, I, and the, the biggest thing is, I don't think the Padres know what the answers are. You know, they can say, oh, we just need one game to break. You know, the, that old cliche is just so drives me crazy because it's so not true. And it almost never happens. Oh, we just need one game to break out and we'll be fine. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You know, Obviously. you can always. This team's proven. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but other teams have proved it too. Through, I mean, look, the Royals have big games. It doesn't mean that they suddenly turn it around or anything like that. I mean, this is a long season. You know, you you end up being you you are what you you are what your record says you are. Uh, to quote another really old cliche, but one that's actually true. And and right now, the Padres' record is basically what it's been for I don't know three months. Uh, yeah. They were Something at 17 like above. They were 17 over the high water mark of the season. And it was like the second or third time when they yeah. swept the Cubs. And, um, you know, since then they have a losing record. Obviously they've lost six games in, uh, you know, to 500 in that, in that span. Yeah. And it has been, it's been between say 12 and nine games over 500 for a couple months. Yeah. Right. You know, I want to add one more thing about yesterday that I thought was, was bad. 
Uh, maybe I'll add two. Manny Machado tried to carry you to victory. Yeah. Manny Machado, and I don't know if it was on TV, but I was struck by it. Um, took everything I had to not write about it. It just didn't fit there um, yesterday. Uh, when Will Myers made that sort of like, you know, stumbling catch of the line drive to end the first inning, yeah. Manny Machado stood at third base with his mid over his glove and his, you know, he's clapping at third base. And there was something about the energy in that moment that I saw from Manny where I was like, I think Manny's going to have a big Manny is he just is telling these guys it's not over. I'm not trying uh-huh. to be dramatic. I'm just telling you there was something about that moment where I'm like, okay. And Manny carried them. Additionally, Juan Soto, who, again, I want to make this clear. I'm waiting until I watch Juan Soto over an entire season to make a judgment about his importance to a team and whether he's worth $500 million or whatever. But quite honestly, his greatest gift is getting on base, not changing a game. Well, yesterday he hit a two-run homer. Um, and, And so that was big. Like, your two best players did virtually. Now, Juan popped out. Um, kind of uncharacteristically, you know, had a chance and popped out later. But your two best players, in particular, Manny, did everything to get you that victory, and you weren't even close. That was deject- dejecting. Right, right. No, I, I, I think that's all. That's all true. And and you know, and the and the other thing about it is, there's not there's not a great reason to feel good about what's coming up. That's the thing. And and it doesn't mean that we know what's going to happen or anybody knows what's going to happen. But you know, they they face. Two really good pitchers the next two nights in um, Carlos Rodon and Logan Webb, I believe. Guys they've had a lot of trouble with hey. in the in the past. Jay, Jay just so you, you – know, I'm sure you do know this, and he struggled his last two starts, but the last good start for Wednesday's starter, Alex Wood, was six and a third shutout against the Padres. Now, he's given right. up 15 runs over his last two, but like you just said – what is there to feel good about? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and then and then you're going to L.A. and you and so that's going to leave you with like 30 games left, I think, after the Giants, and nine of those 30 are going to be against the Dodgers. Now we don't know what sort of shape the Dodgers are going to be in. Tony Gonsolin went on the injured list today. Obviously, a blow to them. Uh, they have gotten Dustin May back, but I mean, Gonsolin's been incredible. It's a guy the Padres never they they didn't hit Gonsolin yeah. before he was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a guy they don't have to see. Um, but look, the Dodgers have proven throughout this season and over the last several seasons that they are usually going to beat the Padres way more than the Padres are going to beat them. That's something the Padres are going to have to overcome. There are, quote, soft spots on the schedule, but we've seen that doesn't really matter. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I, they certainly could still make – look, they're still in playoff position. Um, the Brewers' it's bullpen not like, still stinks. <laughs> what's that? The Brewers' bullpen still stinks. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I was going to say, it's it's not like they have the Dodgers, ch- a team, the Dodgers quality chasing them. They have the Brewers chasing them. Teams are, they're even in the all important loss column. We should point out the Brewers have three more games to play than the Padres uh, do. So, so there is that to point out. But look, I don't know what's going to happen. I just I I still find it hard to believe that this team is where it is right now, that they are that they are going to be life and death down the stretch to make the playoffs, you know, with a two hundred and twenty million dollar payroll and acquiring the guys they acquired and uh, all that kind of stuff. It just it's it's kind of mind boggling. And yet then I remember that it's all part of being a sports fan in San Diego. Right. Right. And I thought a lot about what we talked about in the I believe was the last podcast. Um, and that is, so who's underperforming here? 
Like, and, and then who is, who was overvalued. And right. this is all going to be all part of the autopsy uh, of this season, regardless of whether they win the world series or flame out or, sure. you know, swept by the Cardinals in the, uh, you know, uh, dip, uh, what is it called? The wild card series, uh, whatever happens, that'll be a part of the autopsy. There's some players to really take a hard look at. Um, and, a front office to take a hard look at. But what you said is like, yeah, with those additions at the deadline, what if it was just Juan Soto? Now, playing Josh Bell, now Josh Bell's had a nice four, five, six games, playing yeah. Brandon Drury every day. Brandon Drury has kind of looked an awful lot like your standard pickup at the deadline, right? Like yep, yep. Uh, that's what, but you brought in Juan Soto. Uh, yeah. and, and oh, and, and, and Josh Hader. Like, I was going to say, you also brought in Josh Hader. Until yesterday, that was sort of the forgotten one, like, you know, but uh, wow. Well, and going back to who's to blame, and I I said this to you yesterday and and alluded to it a little bit earlier, Sean Manaya is a guy that everybody thought, good pitcher, sub four ERA career, showed really no signs of any of fading or anything like that. The fact that he hasn't been as consistent this year or as good this year as he's been in the past, is that a knock against A.J. Preller? Is it a knock against Bob Melvin? Is it a knock against Shamanaya? I don't know the answer to that. My feeling in general in a case like that is usually more blame goes to the player because he's not performing to the standards that we have that people have seen from him in the past. But we don't know everything that's going on. And and maybe there was something that that I would say that maybe there was something the A's knew, except Bob Melvin was the A's. <laughs> And, and Shamanaya is now, I believe, 30, um, if not 29, but 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 now right, that's not that old. Is there something there? I don't know. Like, it's not like he ever threw, like, really hard. As a matter of fact, sometimes when he's averaged 90 miles an hour on his fastball, has been his best games. Right. I, I'm not hearing anything that that, that is wrong. But, you know, and by the way, through seven, yeah, seven innings uh, against the Nationals last week, he's, you know, feasted on bad teams. But yesterday, a bad team feasted on him. I mean, they attacked him like it was amazing that he got through that first inning in 39 pitches i thought I it was like 100 pitches but it wasn't because they were at like 1-0 boom you know one two boom first pitch boom uh boom not there was only one home run but there's some hard contact um, including the last out as you mentioned where uh, yes. myers made the play and then i as I know, people all over the city were saying, get this guy out of there. Then he pitched two scoreless innings um, in, I think, the second and the third. And and I thought he was – the sixth run I thought was unlucky. That one – there was a ball that was hit that looked like it hit off a trampoline or something near home. That like, infield – all game or all series was amazing. It helped the Padres, obviously. Yeah. Um, the day before, there was, in every game there was one, including Jay Cronenworth had one to, on him yesterday. Now he's yeah. going to make that play, fine. But you saw that ball up, and Jay Cronenworth's a fantastic defender. Um, so do uh, you want to talk about Luis Campusano? Because, you know, that was yeah, weird. I mean, I- yeah, I might have looked I mean, like a real I, I, idiot. He was called up a couple hours after I said he wasn't going to be. But believe right. me, there are people in that organization going, I, yeah. I don't know. They thought Cam Gallagher was coming up. And and look, I, I'm not I'm not even going to put a, a, an ounce of blame on Camposano yesterday no. for, for no. anything. And I don't think anybody anybody no. would or should. I mean, that look, Manaya is throwing the ball and he's getting yeah. lit up. Um, the the only thing I would blame Camposano for is getting picked off second base, which I mean, it, they had they had George Brett in the booth at the time um, on the Padre game, which was really cool. And he was talking about it and and he was like, I can't he basically saying I can't believe that happened. He said, I see the teams working on picking off guys on second base in spring training. And I say, 
Why are we doing that? How many guys do you ever see get picked off second base relative to how many times do you see the ball thrown into center field? So why would you even try that? He goes, and and here is a guy getting, you know, getting picked off. So Well, even was, a, a guy like me saw, hey, Cambosano is kind of far off, but I didn't think they were going <laughs> to pick him off. Um, yeah. Probably for the same thought that the Hall of Famer had uh, in the booth, I guess. I, I wasn't even really thinking about it, but I was like, oh, he's kind of far off. Oh, there he goes. Two pitches later, home run. It can't happen if I'm at bat. It can't happen if Manny Machado's at bat. Yeah. Uh, the air, it was an unfortunate thing. Heck, maybe Manny Machado could have stopped that ball. Um, there was a lot of shaking going on, like Manaya, but I, I'm I'm with you. I'm not putting this on uh Campusano. It is in he did get two hits, by the way. Right. Um, it just is interesting that they got a guy who has almost 180 games because they didn't at the time think, hey, it's a good idea to bring Campus. Busano up and have him catching this staff in a playoff chase based on yeah. the fact that he hasn't caught in the majors in a year, right? Um, they happen to think very highly of him as a catcher. As a matter of fact, there are some people that think he's more of a catcher than you know this offensive reputation that he's gotten. He's a good offensive catcher, perhaps. Um, by the way, why is everybody hating on Austin Nola with the two months that he's had? I realize there's no pop there, but beginning yeah. on base at a 400 clip. Anyway, um, I just thought it was interesting. I just thought I just didn't know that it was like a move that a playoff team was going to make to bring up this kid. So yeah. um, don't have an update on Jorge Alfaro. He may have, you know, he may end up getting a scope and be done for the season. But that's something that maybe we find out today, tomorrow, whatever. He also could be back in, in a week. Um, that's not why he was chasing at a seventy percent rate. But he didn't have a double in like three or four weeks, and you yeah. know that that probably was. Uh, big thing to do with the knee. No, and I and I did. I, I was going to mention Nola because I saw you had a, a note yesterday or today about his his performance recently. And and you know I've I've talked a lot on here about how they needed him to be really good uh, based on the trade that they that they made, and he hasn't been, but he has been better in in recent. Um, in recent months, and he does seem to do a pretty good job behind the plate. They don't throw anybody out stealing, but I don't think that's as much on the catchers as it is on the pitchers. It's a really interesting thing because I watch the full view a lot uh, because, you know, um, you could almost make the argument that like 90% of steals are off the pitcher, right? Yeah. But there are catchers that overcome that, and the Padres don't have that guy. Uh, Alfaro has a good – has a really strong arm, but – um, and they have this, it's like this convergence of pitchers that are bad at holding runners. It's bizarre. Yeah. Now, people don't try to steal off Joe Musgrove as much. Um, he's pretty good at it and pays attention to it. But I even think he pays attention to it less now that he's become a better pitcher. Um, but anyway, Darvish is terrible at it. Uh, right. Well, that's okay. Here's the thing. The Padres would be even in worse trouble if their pitchers let more runners on. Fortunately, yeah. the on-base percentage against the Padres is relatively low. So, um, but it it has been terribly costly a few times, and it is an issue. But let's make it clear: it's on these pitchers more than anyone. And right. they've tried to do. I've written about it. They've tried to do things, throw over more, all that. But but then again, like that disrupts what the pitcher's trying to do to have to focus yeah. on that. And these pitchers have been pretty good. Right. And so tonight you have Clevenger pitching tonight. Um, Blake Snell, who was uncharacteristically, at least in the second half, mm-hmm. uh, poor in his last uh, outing. And and then Musgrove pitches on Wednesday. And, you know, Musgrove looks like a guy who might be in need of a rest. But yeah, I don't know that they that they have the ability right now to skip him. I mean, or to skip anybody. And they do have some days off coming up. I think I looked, and if they just stayed with a normal rotation, I think Musgrove would get one extra day off before his, not after this start, 
one extra day after this start and two more after his next start because of off day. So maybe that will help him. Maybe facing the Giants on Wednesday will help him. It's a team he's pitched very well uh, against, I think, in the last couple of years. The Giants are not very good right now, but as we saw yesterday, you wouldn't have expected the Royals to score 15 runs either. They're most against, of the season. Mm-hmm. They, right, against anybody. But the uh, the Giants have some guys who are really slumping. I know uh, Longoria left, I think, yesterday's game with an injury. I don't know how bad that is. Uh, They're what, four under? Well, they were one under when we talked um, okay. last time, and, and they got swept. So, yeah, 61 and 65. I think, to me, they're done. I mean, I... I don't think that even a sweep this weekend is going to help. I mean, this week would really uh, would really do it for them. They'd still be like, I don't know, four four something games behind the Padres and probably that many behind the Brewers. But maybe they're looking at this as a last stand, especially with the guys they have. Uh, the guys they a, have it, pitching. It would be the classic. Like you're right, it makes no difference for them long term, but they're looking at it as a last stand, and it really screws the Padres. And that's how this week goes <laughs> for the Padres. It, it would be classic. I mean, like that we could see yeah. that happening. <laughs> no, that could certainly that could certainly happen, and then the Padres would have Darvish uh, to pitch the first game in L.A. on. Uh, on so that's Friday nice. Night. Yeah. So um, if Manaya had gone seven shutout yesterday, as he went seven and one run last time, I still would say what I'm about to say. He does not do well against the Dodgers. And I had thought maybe that they would avoid him against the Dodgers at all costs, though that just doesn't make sense. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. You're not going to like, you're just not going to do that. But I I, I do believe that they had hoped that it wouldn't line up, that Sean Mania would uh, face that offense that is whatever. It's unbelievable. Trace Thompson, come on. I know, but I mean, it was just so predictable that that would happen. I mean, I I don't even remember the circumstances why the Padres gave up on him when they did. I mean, the fact that he was one. He basically had to. He he could refuse uh, at this point, and it was like, okay, we're either going to keep him or, and he wasn't doing well. No, but I mean, but it was for, I mean, I'm not going to say, it was one for 14, so I, I could see it was such a small sample size type of thing, but but it's like as soon as the Dodgers picked him up, it's like, oh, okay, he's gonna, you know, it's like the guy they had last year that always beat the uh, that always beat the Padres, who ended up on two different teams with the Brewers and the Dodgers, uh, Billy yes. something or other. Billy, uh, I, I wanted to say McKin. It wasn't Zach McKinstry, was it? No, it was Billy McKinney. Billy McKinney, I think that was it. Yeah, yes, that the guy Brewers, the Mets, and the Mets, and right. the Dodgers, right? Yeah, yes. and he beat the Padres like wherever wherever he was. And so, yeah, Trace Thompson. I mean, the Dodgers are 88 and 38. I mean, that's, it's just, it's, it's How about that stat I saw today that they could go 19 and 18 and break the the, uh, club record for victories? Yeah. Finish. That's, hey, that's Padres level since the All-Star break. (laughs) Exactly. They just, they just have to be the Padres since the, uh, since the All-Star break to, uh, to do that. But, but anyway, I I just think that the Padres are, are, they are where they have been for, for these last many months and weeks and everything else in between. And, and I just, I don't have any reason to believe that you've, that there's a hot streak coming. I mean, they won, what was it? Five in a row uh, and seven out of nine, right out of the break uh, or not quite out of the break, but they were like nine and four. Nine and four, the first 13. There was uh, every reason because those four, there was four in a row. Yep. Then the the, uh, trade trio joined the the lineup. It became five in a row and you're like, 
Going to get my playoff special section stories ready, right? Start thinking that way. And now I'm caught in this vortex between, all right, uh, 2021-like autopsy uh, with two weeks to go, or I'll be getting my playoff section ready, or how things are going for me this season. I'll have to do both because we won't know what's happening. Just have two things ready like you do during most of those games, you know? You like I will uh, for four games this week. With uh, Now we're all back on the uh, – as much as it's nice to get out of the Midwest and East Coast mugginess of the summer, and it yeah. was wonderful to put on my light coat last night when I got to San Francisco. First coat, maybe first long sleeves that I have worn uh since May, uh, yeah. these uh, these West Coast games at night, uh, they're they're not the sports writers uh, or the newspaper, the actual print newspaper readers' friend. But well, and it's also supposed to be like 102 all weekend in LA. So uh, this was my first trip. Again, you know, just getting back into me because it's my favorite topic. Um, yes. I don't get to talk about myself enough because I spend all my time alone talking to myself. Um, so. Uh, this was the first trip in a while where I had to do multi-climate. Uh, that's yep. something you do early in the season. You're going to Arizona and Chicago or whatever. Uh, yep. And that doesn't happen during the um, summer because you're like, it's all hot, right? Well, this was my first multi-climate. Uh, so just another, some you know, some other interesting stuff for you guys about me. Well, you've got a couple of days now, whatever you wore in Kansas City, you have a couple of days now to get it clean so you can wear it in LA this weekend when it's just ungodly hot. Uh, Jay, you know me better than that. There will not be repeats on a nine-game trip. I mean, maybe a 10-game <laughs> you know trip. I knew as I was talking about it, I knew I knew that that was the case. That was just, that was terrible. Hey, the good news is at least Sunday's game's at four o'clock. So, um... Jay, I keep track of my outfits um, so that <laughs> there's not any repeats. All it took was one player saying that he'd seen that outfit before. Uh, really? Like five How long ago was ago. that? Uh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't talk about him anymore, this player. Uh, nice, uh, a big spread. Did Sanders set up a spreadsheet for you so you could uh, keep track of uh, all that? Or is it the notes file on your phone? It's just the notes file. I'm, but yeah. that's about as advanced as I get. There's uh, about 10,000 notes in my phone. Yeah, minor, minor like golf courses that I've played and want to play that are uh, nice. that are on mine. Well, so you that's can see uh, where, that's certainly in your future, isn't it, Jay? You can see where uh, you can see where I am, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm I'm certainly not in in lame duck mode now. And no, we're sir. Still, we're still pushing uh, pushing away on everything that's going on, and and uh, the big weekend coming up for you guys there in San list. Diego. It is Snapdragon, a, it is baby. A, it, it is a big weekend. It's a, a little bit of I saw your special odd. section there. Yes, a special section yesterday. Nice. Little nice. little bit of a uh, little bit of a cloud hanging over uh, the opening of the stadium, which will be the only, as yeah. someone I know quite well said, that will be the only cloud at at what she calls SPF Stadium over the weekend for a for really a, a bummer. Start. Really, really, really a bummer. Not really, to get too yeah. deep into that, but what a great yeah. weekend for San Diego State, and really a bummer about that. How about this? This shows you how little, as somebody who lived and breathed the NFL, who lived and breathed the Chargers and, and all that for so many years, you know Kaufman Stadium. You know this, Jay, but I'm letting the folks yep. that don't know. By the way, a lot of Padres fans there, met a lot of them in the airport, and they loved Kaufman Stadium as much as I do. It's a beautiful place. Get there soon. They're going to move in four or five years probably. Um, but Kaufman Stadium is right next to the NFL Stadium. And not until I was standing there on Friday did I realize it's no longer called Arrowhead Stadium. No idea. 
I had no idea. What is it called now? Well, that's awesome because you still pay attention to the NFL. I don't <laughs> know some company and it's Arrowhead Field. And so even though, obviously, as a cynical old school sports writer, anybody who's been playing attention, paying attention to sports, you know that, you know, except for Yankee Stadium, Dodger Stadium, you're going to get a corporate name. Right. But yeah. it's still that bumped me out. That is no, Arrowhead Stadium. That's always Arrowhead. That, that's always Arrowhead. That's. As, and I mean, it's one of my favorite places to visit. I know yours uh, as well. Any football, any football writer, any football fan would uh, would say that. Speaking of football, we'd be remiss if, if we didn't say uh, an RIP to Ernie Zampezi. Mm. Send out condolences to his family. One of the best people I ever covered. Uh, brilliant football mind, and uh, really gonna, a lot of football. Really miss. Mm. Really miss being able to talk to Ernie in recent uh, in recent years. Uh, one of the problems with the team being gone, you kind of lose track of, of all that and people like that. But uh, what a, I mean, just ask anybody who ever worked with Ernie, knew Ernie. Guys like Troy Aikman and Dan Fouts loved, loved, loved Ernie Zampezi. That tells you all you needed to know. I know this so. isn't a, a favorite of San Diego fans, but put on your, you know, humanity for a second. This is a tough day for Norv Turner. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling for Norv. If you want to get someone to love you the way that Norv Turner, an offensive genius and a good man, loved Ernie Zampezi. Like, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, anyway, Kevin, you're off to uh, you're off to Oracle Park here shortly. And what's going to happen the next three days? Who the heck knows? But we will come back on Friday, same time, and we'll talk about whatever happened then, and look forward to Los Angeles. Thanks, everybody.